Welcome to the Black Sparrow Media Internet Broadcast Network. You are listening to Linux in the Hampshire. LHS is a podcast about Linux, open source, and amateur radio for everyone. Now here are your hosts, Russ, K5TUX, Cheryl, W5MOO, and Bill, NE4RD. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome. You are tuned into Linux in the Hampshire, the most terrific amateur radio podcast on the internet. And we are recording episode number 322, which is a deep dive episode. And we sort of have a limited crew here tonight. We've got myself, Russ K5TUX, uh, Cheryl W5MOO will be here later when we get down to the bottom of the program to talk about some feedback that we have received over the past month or so. And Bill, any 4RD is on assignment trying to be all, uh, creative and artsy. And, uh, hopefully he'll be back on the show at some point. But in the meantime, we have a guest tonight to, to supplant some of our usual cast and crew. Um, we have Neil and, uh, most people will know Neil if they listen to us because they probably listen to Neil first. Uh, it's Neil Rapp, WB9VPG, who is, uh, well known in the amateur radio community, also does Ham Top Live and Amateur Radio Newsline. So, good evening to you, Neil. How's it going? Yeah, good evening. And and I don't know about this this art thing. I know Bill has a lot of talent, but but art? Well, he's he's trying to add it to his repertoire, I guess. Okay. <laughs> we, well, we, we, I mean, I'm going to have to hear about this. Uh, yeah. He he doesn't uh, he doesn't send us much in the way of audio or video from these productions that he does. So we don't really know if he's any good at any of it. I think maybe a good YouTube video of of some of that would be would be a good idea. <laughs> I think somebody needs to out in Montana needs to sneak in and and record Bill. I, I agree. I think we need to have some footage. Yeah. But, but in the meantime, let's uh, for those who who may not know who you are, and I can't imagine who that would be. Um, I already said sort of what your major um, <laughs> affiliations with amateur radio are, but uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, and uh, maybe you can just uh, walk that introduction right on into the topic of the evening, which is youth or youngsters on the air. Uh, we tend to say youth on the air, uh, but the Yoda program. So uh, let's talk about you a little bit, and then we'll move on to that. All right. Well, it. It, it kind of ties in because I guess my first claim to fame was that I passed my novice test when I was five years old. So I was the world's youngest amateur radio operator at that point. Um, that record has been um, beaten a couple of times. Um, so I'm not anymore. I don't hold the record anymore, but uh, got my license at five. So that kind of started me, you know, being well known in ham radio. And then, you know, things kind of went back to normal again, you know, when I hit college and, and that kind of thing. And then, uh, then here lately, I've been, uh, doing some of the, uh, 
shows. Uh, I started up uh, Ham Talk Live, um, started reporting and then anchoring Amateur Radio Newsline. Um, the next generation contesters editor, uh, contributing editor for the National Contest Journal. And um, I do a lot of work with schools and ham radio. So there's there's a lot of stuff going on. And uh, the latest uh, venture, as, as my fiancé will put it, is the uh, Youth on the Air camp. And uh, that's been a big-time consumer, uh, really uh, – trying to get this all put together for the first time this is going to be a pilot here in um in the americas and uh trying to get everything set up the first time so that next time we can just kind of copy it and improve it and then hopefully start replicating it so that there's a whole bunch of these camps going on not just one um that we can uh, fill up the whole western hemisphere with these camps so that's kind of the the long-term goal but um you know being five years old when i got into ham radio i i barely remember a time when i wasn't in ham radio and um that's always been something very important to me and i think that this youngsters on the air program in europe caught on to something pretty quick and um it's it's spreading it's working and so when i heard about it and uh, talked to um sterling man in zero ssc and sam rose kc2lrc then and they went over to the one of the camps in austria back in uh 2016 it's like okay we need to get this going and nobody really stepped up to do it some people tried um, there were actually several attempts to get this going, but uh, it just didn't come together. And so I said, okay, what do we need to do to to make this happen? And so a couple of days later, I said, um, okay, I guess I'm volunteering. So um, it sounds like you were volunteering. We, <laughs> yes, I was voluntold to some degree, but uh I had Sterling and Sam on the show to talk about this because they were getting ready to pitch it to AWRL. And uh, so I had them on my show on Ham Talk Live to talk about it. And as, as you know, a lot of the conversations before and after the show end up being more interesting to the host. And... <laughs> <laughs> And so we talked afterwards, and I'm like, "So, what do you think?" And you know, and then a couple of days later, I called Sterling and said, uh, "Hey, um, I think I'm going to do this. So, um, how about I put a proposal together, and you guys talk about it, and see if that's what you want to do?" And um, we were going to like approve it at Dayton and uh, it just kind of took off before then. So uh, Dayton, it was kind of a, okay, well let's go get some sponsors and see if we can make it work. And uh, it took us a little while longer than we thought, but we, we made it. So we're, we're going to do this. All right. Well, before we get what into what you're doing with uh, Yoda in region two here, let's talk about a little bit about where it, it started in region one uh maybe you can i don't know how how 
in-depth your knowledge is about the the origins of of yoda as a program uh when it started in europe uh but maybe you can give us the foundations of what it what it is what it tries to do how does it involve uh youth i mean what's the end goal things like that yeah i i have some background i don't have the whole history um lisa leanders who is the um um chair of the youth working group um in aru region one that that kind of hunts up the youngsters on the air program um has filled me in on a few things here and there and then um you know i've caught on to some things from uh talking to sam and sterling as they uh found out about it but youngsters on the air actually started in 2011 and it it was kind of a a cross-cultural government sponsored youth program um they were after some cross-cultural stuff and and the hams were kind of wanting to get together and do this ham thing and so they they kind of merged the two and and just kind of threw things together and said hey we're all going to meet here we're going to do a bunch of stuff and it it really worked and the thing that they caught on to real early on was that the peer interaction really made a big difference when it was young people teaching other young people about ham radio it seemed to work a whole lot better and so it grew and grew and grew and within three years iaru kind of stepped in and said hey we want to sponsor this we want to make it our um youth initiative and so uh iaru kind of you know stepped in and said hey we're going to start supporting you and um it's just taken off from there so they started off just having a, a single camp and then they started having um what they call sub-regional camps so there are other camps that are located you know in in more local parts of the region and then they all kind of get together for one big region-wide camp and and i should explain because a lot of people aren't familiar with the iaru regions and uh, one of the things that we found um jumping ahead here a little bit um over here in in um iaru region two which is the americas is that a lot of people have no idea what iaru region one two and three are so iaru region one is europe africa and the middle east and and since it's become an iaru program over there they really refer to things by region and region one region two region three it makes sense and that's one of the things that we've kind of had to change uh, a bit is uh, you know where the heck is is that and it's actually the same as the itu regions we actually talked about doing that and Finally, we just said, let's just simplify it and make it Americas. So you'll hear us talk about Americas uh, a lot, but it, it is, you know, region two. It's just, um, we're, we're kind of, we haven't been sanctioned by IARU yet. Um, we, we went to, um, some of the leadership early on, um, but we didn't get to the regional leadership early on. Um, and, 
So we're, we're, we're actually working on that. That's actually one of the things, uh, this week I've got to get a report ready and, and, and get that off to them. So, uh, we're kind of referring to it as the Americas a little bit more, but, um, but over in Europe and Africa and the Middle East, they, started having these sub-regional camps and then they have the region-wide camp and now they're doing winter camps and (laughs) and fall camps and and they have you know a hundred 120 kids show up to one camp and um it's it's spreading like crazy um it's been wildly successful that they just keep growing and growing and growing um i'm in a telegram chat with like 300 of them and it it it, it, i thought the newsline chat was crazy my phone just keeps like dinging all day long um (laughs) between telegram and the newsline chat it's like oh my gosh um but the youngsters on the air program um you know they just keep coming up with with more and more camps and then they've added in um the the youth contesting program where they get the big contest stations to host youth for contest and so um sterling uh kind of got that going with yark over here so the young amateurs radio club is doing the youth contesting part and that was kind of the first step uh was, was trying to get something similar to the youth contesting program going um and then we we started on the camp and then the other thing was this uh december yoda month which we just finished here about a month ago um to where young people get on and you know special event for the month and make as many contacts as you can and um we originally had planned on just kind of doing a little something for it but not get real involved and uh and that kind of changed <laughs> and so uh i i i i was you know knee deep in in camp stuff trying to get the tam- camp announced and launched and it was running behind and um insurance was was crazy and so um i i called up bryant kg5 hbo and said you know is this something you can do here's here's what it entails here's what you would have to do is there any way you can head this up and so i helped him through it and he he ran with it and uh, and set all this up so so those are kind of the three things that um youngsters on the air is doing they're doing the camps they're doing the special event the yoda month um and um then they train the trainer so they're they're at the point where the youth are actually um organizing and and running a lot of the camp stuff the the adults aren't uh aren't all that involved in the details they're kind of the overseers and um that's where we want to get uh we're not there yet um you know i'm i'm putting all this stuff together and and next year we hope to have um another uh site picked out and have some people come and shadow us and and kind of follow through you know what we're doing to to replicate it but as time goes on we want to get the youth more involved in 
um, the planning process and some of the details. Um, we have some youth doing that already, but um, a much greater extent over in the, um, in Europe. So uh, that's what the youngsters on the air are doing, and we can talk about why we're youth on the air and not youngsters on the air if you want, but um, that's, that's what uh, Yoda's doing. Well, that the difference might be self-explanatory just so they are separate entities and uh and you know referenced as such even though they do similar things so as far as the the camps and and whatnot that the yoda groups support is that the primary or only focus of it or are there other kind of outreach and education the programs do um that's really the primary focus is camps um there's you know some other stuff like i said the special event uh the yoda month thing and um you know training for camps and 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 a little bit of you know getting um some ham radio education in schools and things like that but the the primary focus is the camps um like i said they've got the summer camp now they've got winter camps and <laughs> they've got fall camps and and so the camps is really the main focus of yoda all right very good i think we've covered some of these bullet points i had written down here um kind of kind of blew through yeah them, but that's I, I i i kind of got jumping ahead a little bit but <laughs> it's all right uh, we got all the information that's the important thing so let's see so when when exactly just to kind of put a pin in it did the region two stuff really sort of take off uh to become you know sort of a a sister or you know side-by-side organization with the original one yeah we we really got started in march of last year uh that's when we you know i decided hey i'm going to take this on we started uh a committee with uh jocelyn bro kd8vrx who was uh real involved with the educational outreach of the voice of america museum and i'd been spending some time over there and and f- from the moment sterling and sam told me about this um the museum instantly came to mind as the perfect place to do this. And it was funny. Uh, I was in St. Louis this weekend at Winterfest and, uh, Joe Eisenberg, uh, came up to me and, and was talking to me, KZUNEB. And, and he said the exact same thing. He said, you know, I walked into the place and it's, and it's like, this is the perfect place to do this. And so that's, that's where we're starting and um you know we'll we'll go from there but um you know we we really are i mean we're we're copying everything we're working with youngsters on the air the main reason for the name difference is cultural because in europe if you use the word youth they're thinking troubled youth they're thinking problem youths and youngster is such a nice name where over here when you say youngster you sound like you know a 75 year old guy on hf talking about gardens and ailments and yelling at kids telling them to get off my lawn and youth (laughs) is is has a positive connotation Right. So one of the things that Sterling and Sam recommended in their report after they got back from Austria was 
we need to go by youth on the air over here <laughs> because this youngster thing is is just nuts um and and people on on qrz which of course people always get crazy on qrz but but people get bent out of shape about this youngster thing they're like you know let's quit calling these kids youngsters and <laughs> and so yeah so that's why we're youth on the air we we actually use the same logo we changed the color scheme we, we spun the globe around uh and and that's it and we're we're really really replicating what youngsters on the air is doing and, and we still go by yoda but it's youth instead of youngster because of the cultural connotations um and it does help delineate us but but that wasn't actually the the intent of it it was uh just because of the connotation of things so it does make a lot of sense and we we've talked on the show a few times about youngsters on the air or we just call it yoda generally mostly uh as it revolves around uh south africa because they are really big into it in south africa it winds up in amateur radio news a lot and i know it's coming more to the european part of iare region one um there's lots of camps upcoming and, and all of that so um it's obviously blooming over there as well even though it's been around for almost 10 years now um but you guys are trying to kick it off here and i know you've name dropped quite a few people especially sterling and stuff but is there like an official team behind uh yoda here in region two or uh is it just uh, sort of grassroots at the moment no it, it's pretty much grassroots uh at the moment uh we have a committee of of jocelyn and sterling and sam and i and i'm the the director of the camp um but you know, we have a, a planning committee so that, uh, you know, Jocelyn does a lot of the um, liaison work with the museum because he's right there um, a few miles away and, and actively involved with it where I'm a member, but I don't get over there that often. Um, and then Sam and Sterling to bring their experience from Austria um, in attending the Youngsters on the Air camp over there and their relationships with all the um, Yoda um, leadership over there um, to kind of, you know, get their knowledge and their support and their help um, to pull it off. But we don't have a, you know, an official um working group or you know um we're not sanctioned by iaru um that may be coming at some point um but it's a grassroots thing at this point all right very good but you got to start somewhere right so you you guys are actually kind of jumping into this pretty heavy and i know you've got some things going on and some announcements you want to make because you you really want to launch this as you know as soon and as uh, <laughs> heavily as possible so we can really get it going and get more youth on the air. <laughs> I won't call them youngsters because I don't want to sound like <laughs> they... <laughs> get off my lawn! Exactly. Um, so tell us what you're doing and what you've got for like active campaigns and, and things like that that the Yoda group here is, is getting ready to, to launch. Yeah, so uh, one of the things the committee wanted to do was make sure that we had three-fourths of the funding um, in place 
before we announced the camp, before we committed to it. And that, uh, that pushed us back a while. Um, we didn't, uh, we were planning on launching maybe around Huntsville and in August and, and it just kept getting pushed back and pushed back because, um, we were still trying to finish up some of the funding, but mainly insurance, um, and some of the legal stuff and getting all that squared away. Um, liability has been the biggest stumbling block in this and it's honestly been the stumbling block to previous attempts at this um so we've you know we kind of delayed the the announcement um until in you know into november and uh we really uh really didn't want to put it off that long but um but that's the way we ended up having to do it. So at that point, we had um, from um, corporate sponsors and from foundations, we had about three-fourths of the funding um, set up for this. And this is not a cheap thing. Um, the cash budget for this is 30000 um, the overall budget, including equipment, is uh, pushing 60000 Um And that does not include transportation for the campers to and from Cincinnati. So um, the campers are going to have to pay a $100 registration fee, and that's basically just to make sure that they show up. Um, we, you know, if we just offer it for free or offer it for 20 bucks um they may not show up and so the the hundred dollar fee is is really just to make sure they show up um so that we're not buying stuff and and taking you know a spot away from somebody else that could be using it um when they don't show up so uh we actually have some scholarships available for that so if they really can't afford the hundred dollars um then we'll come up with a scholarship and we'll come up with another way to to take care of that um so at that point, we made the uh, announcement, and then we started a fundraising campaign on GoFundMe and on our website, with it, which is youthontheair.org, and um, we needed to finish off the last $5,000 of that budget. Um, all the equipment had been taken care of. ICOM said, you know, we're, we'll bring you whatever you need. Heil Sound said, you know, whatever you need, just say the word. Um, so we had all the equipment in place. Um, then we, you know, started after, you know, the, um, the expenditures, the hotel bill and the, you know, and going to Kings Island and, you know, feeding the kids and, and taking care of, uh, kits that we needed to get and kit building supplies that we need to get and all those things. Um, so the last 5,000 we decided was going to be, um, raised by individuals and clubs uh, because they needed some some buy-in on this and and some support and we needed the support to do that so we started that campaign we raised about a thousand dollars pretty quickly um, and then it kind of tailed off a little bit 
Um, and then I got an email uh, from uh, Steve came 9 g the other day, and he says, tell you what, that this is a great thing. Um, I will match dollar for dollar um, for a month or so. Uh, up to $4,000, any donations that you get, if you want to, you know, use that as a fundraising campaign. So, uh, we just in the last few days launched that. So every donation between now and the last day of February, um, if you donate a dollar, we're going to get a dollar from Steve and that's going to make your, um, donation double. So, um, we're trying to get as much money raised as we can by the end of February because um, we can double that. And if we can get that $5,000 goal paid off, then uh, we can start working on um, 6000 over that goal so that we can have 30 campers instead of 20. We'd like to bump it up because we, we're pretty sure we're going to be full even if we have 30. Um so we're going to have that many kids wanting to come to camp that are licensed and, and want to attend. So um, we're really hoping that we can raise the full 10000 um, that we need to get that expanded. So um, the matching grant program, like I said, is going through um, the end of February. And um, KM9G is going to match dollar for dollar. So... Um, we're on PayPal, we're on GoFundMe, we'll, we'll take a check. Um, all the details are at youthontheair.org and in the top right corner, click donate and it'll tell you, uh, how to do that, where we are, um, on our fundraising goal. And, um, you can also do the Amazon smile thing where, you know, if you buy stuff on Amazon, Amazon will donate a small percentage of, uh, what you pay um, to uh, the group as well. So if you if you do um, the smile.amazon.com thing, that information is there too. But uh, hopefully we can get this uh, funding thing behind us um, here in the next month or so and um, be able to assign 30 kids in, into spots instead of 20. Well, thank you for answering the size of the group question before I got to it. So (laughs) (laughs) I was wondering how big this camp was going to be while you were talking about the camp, and you sort of hit the nail on the head there. So excellent. It would be nice if you could have 30. Um, Yeah, we wanted to start off kind of small, um, and and youngsters on the air started off kind of small. We want to make sure we get it right. you know there's there's a lot of things that we could have backed off on um but we wanted to make sure that we do it right and uh you know if if we're going to make this happen we need to make a good first impression and so we're doing this right um we we felt like 20 was a good number um but we felt like you know we could we could probably punch it up to 30 but uh if we get more than that we're really not going to have the space so um so somewhere between 20 and 30 is what it's going to be so what are you doing as far as staffing the camps as far as the education and interaction and things like that do you have a, a a committee that's doing that are you doing volunteer work or what yeah so our committee is is kind of overseeing all of that um but 
one of the fundamental things, you know, from youngsters on the air in, in Europe is um, peers teaching peers. And so we made a commitment to um, over 50 percent of our workshop leaders being under the age of 30. Um, so we're well above that. I think we're at about 75% of our workshop leaders, uh, are under or 30 or under. Um, so a lot of that is, is going to be done by young people. Now there's going to be adults because we've got to have supervision, you know, cause we're going to have minors there and there's a whole safety thing that we can talk about. Um, but um, you know, we're going to have some adults there. I'll be there. Jocelyn will be there. Um, you know, Sterling and Sam are late twenties. They'll be there. Um, we're also recruiting a couple of others and I don't want to put their names out there yet because they haven't signed on the dotted line yet, but they're pretty well known, uh, hams in their mid twenties. Um, and then some of the parents are, are coming along. I know um, Ruth Willett came for LAO. Her mom is coming along. So we have a female chaperone for the girls. Um, so we have that already taken care of. Um, so we're kind of staffing um, the chaperones by parents and the committee and um, a couple of other um, fairly well-known young hams. Um and then, like I said, the workshops are mostly young people. A lot of them are the campers themselves. Um, well, so that's how a we're good way to do it, right? Because you said early on about the original uh, youngsters on the air program that the fact that it was youth teaching youth made it more approachable. Yeah, and and like I said, we want to get to the point where the adults are just chaperones. I mean, we we would like to get to the point that soon um and that's probably a few years off yet where where the the kids are are doing the planning they're the ones setting up the hotel contracts and tracking down (laughs) and going to uh yeah i love this one going to uh harbor freight and wiping out their entire supply of needle nose pliers i did that the other day Well, it sounds like you're using kids the way they should be used to be pack mules and uh, do yeah. all the chores <laughs> for the adults, right? So you can just sit there and relax and, <laughs> and let them do their thing. <laughs> yeah, I've been uh, been in full teacher mode. I, I tell everybody, you know, they, that uh, they needed a teacher to do this because um, when you're a teacher and you need this thing for, you know, $500, they say, okay, well, we've got 75 here. Go make it work and make sure you do it right. Um, so I have been scrounging everywhere. Well, we actually got uh, diagonal cutters donated. We got soldering stations, nice soldering stations too. The temperature control, digital temperature controlled soldering stations donated um everybody i talked to it's like okay what kind of a deal can you give me this is a youth camp um so king's island cut us a deal uh dave and busters uh cut us a deal you know everybody's cutting us a deal and so i've been able to you know cut about five or six thousand dollars off of the budget because uh um i'm in teacher mode and 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 a bunch of the banners and stuff i bought on black friday so um 
I've been doing a lot of shopping. In fact, today um, I was just going through some stuff uh, that I brought back from from um, Winterfest. You know, thirty dental picks for solder. You know, to break solder bridges. Right. And, and and I got a package in the mail today, and I'm like, "Where's it? What's this package? What is this?" It was thirty solder suckers. Hey, very nice. I'm like. 30 solder suckers oh yeah i ordered those <laughs> you know who needs 30 of them you know it's, it's you know i you know 30 soldering stations uh you know, and and it just keeps growing and, and my living room is it was already like full and and it's getting fuller by the minute uh we're well, ordering done, 30 kits when you get done with this you can have a maker space <laughs> yeah yeah i mean we can't we can and but the nice thing is once we get through that this year then we'll just you know transport the stuff to whatever site you know is next um and we've already talked a little bit about you know what happens in 2021 um and we've got some ideas um but you know we'll have the the soldering stations we'll have all all that stuff the the needle nose pliers and you know for a buck 99 at harbor freight and and um somebody donated uh, a dozen voltmeters um so i've got multimeters um you know and people have just been very generous um with stuff and we're we're making it work and and we're you know trying to come in under budget so that we can have a little bit to start with for 2021 hopefully all right that's that's really cool i like where this is going and uh just because bill's not here and he's already inserting himself into the program where we must talk about <laughs> the Boy Scouts of America. It's apparently become mandatory. Um, but there is an uh, yes. affiliation between uh, your Yoda group and the BSA. So we should probably bring that up. Yes, I thought I would bring that up because it's kind of breaking news. And and Mr. Nerd Guy is not here. But, um, but yeah, uh, actually talked to Jim Wilson and, uh, K5ND and he, uh, made, uh, the connections to the right people at Boy Scouts of America. And we've talked to them about using their youth protection program for all of our staff. And, um, there's going to be a lot of emphasis on safety, um, at the youth on the air camp, um, one of the things is making sure that all of our staff has background checks. Um, you know, and these are also people that I have, you know, come to know over the years. Um, so I can kind of vouch for them, but, you know, we still need background checks on everybody. And, um, and it's also required by our insurance. And we have to list every single person that volunteers on our insurance. And in order to list them, they have to have a background check. So we will be doing background checks. I've got a contract with a company to take care of that um, very early on. And then um, Ray Novak from, from ICOM said, hey, you know, uh, the Boy Scouts have this youth protection program going on, and, you know, I think this would be great training. So I went online and took it, 
and immediately got a hold of Jim and said, Hey, is there, you know, we're going to use the same policies. Um, we need the same training. Uh, this is, you know, a whole lot like what we do at school. Um, for you know youth protection training and so i said is there any way you can connect me with somebody i know this is a free thing but i would just feel better asking you know can we use this for yoda camp um and what it's going to do is give us kind of double duty so if you've already volunteered for the boy scouts and already taken the training then we're going to be able to accept that certificate because you've had the training but if you haven't had it then you can go online and take the training for free and it'll count for us. But then if you end up volunteering for a scout, uh, merit badge class or some kind of a scout outing, um, then you've got that certification. So it was, uh, it was mutually agreed upon. Uh, the, the BSA was all in favor of us using it because, uh, they're trying to promote youth protection in all forms, uh, not just within the scouts. Um, so we made an agreement, um, and they said, yeah, well, you, you know, please use our training. Um, so all of our staff will have background checks. They will go through the youth protection training program um, that the Boy Scouts offer um, before, um, you know, and added to our insurance before um, they're allowed to work with the kids. Um, Another safety thing, um, if you saw the tower safety series um, on Ham Nation that uh, Jim Idelson's putting together, the Zero Falls Alliance, we're going to uh, work with them. We've already uh, contributed a few things to that, uh, but not only is that tower safety but it's it's youth safety and so you're going to be hearing more about that as the zero falls alliance starts to uh, take shape and they make that announcement and get that going Um, but we're also going to work with them and we'll have some uh, some tower safety as well as general safety things um, at the camp on the opening day oh excellent this all sounds really good I, i want to join unfortunately i'm not a youth (laughs) <laughs> you know, it, it's so funny. I, I talk about this, um, the ARIS Education Committee that I'm on. And so I told them this, and it's like half of the adults were all like, can I sign up? Can I go? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can I can absolutely see where that is coming from. So before, I mean, I think we've gone down through most of the list here. Uh, we've talked about the campaign um, for funding and the matching and all the stuff you're doing and uh, how you're trying to bring youth on the air here in Region 2 up to the level of where it is. I, I saw some brief information that there's um, there's some Yoda in Region 3. I think it's in Thailand or something. Yeah. Or- so Yoda has been active over in Japan and, and, and some in, you know, some stuff in region three, but they were, they haven't really done the camp thing, uh, too much in region three. And so not long after we, uh, announced that we were trying to pursue, um, the camp here, um, all of a sudden in the newsletter, there was mention of, thailand hosting uh yoda camp which they're located in iru region three um 
that they were going to host a camp in October of 2020. So we don't have much information on it other than this one newsletter that says there's going to be a Yoda camp in Thailand in October. Uh, but you know, apparently it's spreading to region three this year too. So it, it looks like, you know, we're going to, we're going to start growing in, um, in uh, Asia and Oceania, um, soon too. So yeah, Thailand. Well, that's good because we, as we've mentioned on this show, and I'm sure every amateur radio podcast and program on YouTube mentions at one point or another, that youth is, of course, the future of the hobby, because if we don't get youth interested in it, there won't be a hobby <laughs> before too long. Um, so we, we always like to encourage any program or any mention of these kinds of events and organizations, which promote getting people interested in amateur radio, because it's obviously still useful. Um, it's still fun. And you got to have people who are interested in it in order to keep it, you know, progressing. And there's been yeah. a lot of progress in amateur radio um, with with technology and everything. Uh, it's a very uh, exciting field um, of study, you can almost call it, because there's new technology advancing every single day. Yeah. In fact, if if we've got time, let me let me run down a little bit of, of what we're going to be doing um if if we can do that um, yeah we've got a couple more minutes here we can talk about that and while you're running down this list of the things that are going to be talked about in this this camp i'll let people know that if they have any questions in the chat room for neil or about yoda program that you might want to ask you know think about those and uh after we get an idea of what yoda camp here in the americas is going to include uh we'll let you ask those um before we wrap up so go ahead tell us what we're okay. going to see in yoda camp yeah so so this is the thing and so you know you said hey i want to go well <laughs> this probably is going to make that worse but um we're going to start off with the voice of america museum the museum will be open so um as people arrive on uh sunday june 21st um we'll just let them get acquainted with the museum and where they're going to you know spend the most of the week um and then we're going to have an orientation on the station uh the station there is uh whiskey eight yankee uh that'll be the special event call sign all through throughout the week and that station will be open uh basically the whole time so if you finish your soldering project and you know other people are still going you can go into the shack and you know get on the air um and there's going to be um dedicated time for that as well uh but then we also have a shack at the hotel so once you know if you want to stay up late and, and get on uh you can you can do that from the hotel and all the hf rigs are going to be icom 7610s so we're going to have at least five icom 7610s um, we're also going to have a couple of satellite setups, uh, IC 9700s, um, and we're supposed to get some of those new 705s, is it? The little QRP rig. We're supposed to be some of the first ones to use those. Um, every kid's going to get a handheld to use throughout the week, a D-Star handheld from ICOM. So um, we're going to have an orientation session to kind of get them familiar with logging and the radios and how all 
you know, everything works so that through the week they can just do that on their own. Um, then we're going to have an opening ceremony. Uh, Tim Duffy, K3LR, is going to be our guest speaker. Um, so he's going to talk and open things up. Then um, Marty, NN1C, is going to talk about the safety that we were just talking about. And then I'm going to give, you know, kind of a presentation on what to expect for the week and what our expectations are and some icebreakers so that the kids will get to know each other. Uh, then we'll go to the hotel and do an orientation on that station, and we'll have some operating hours there. Then on Monday, uh, Marty comes back in N1C and Bryant, KG5HVO, and they're going to teach uh, a workshop in the morning about contesting. Um, so they're going to relay some of those contesting skills that they have developed over the years uh, by going to Contest University. And Bryant was in WRTC uh, 2018. And um, Marty's been in, in so many different uh, contests. I can't keep it all straight. Um, so they're going to teach a lot about contesting. Um, then after lunch, uh, Dr. Jack Purdom, W-A-T-E-E, and Al, A-C-H-G-Y, uh, they're locals, uh, but they do a lot of the Arduino and, and Ubitics and all that stuff. Um, they actually wrote the Arduino for Amateur Radio book. Um, they're going to lead our kit build, and our kit build is going to be an 80-meter ARDF receiver so they're going to use that later on in the week so that's kind of why we picked out that kit um was so that they could build something that they're going to use for some um transmitter hunting later on um then we're going to have an eyeball sprint so we'll practice contesting skills using air waves instead of radio waves um we'll do the eyeball sprint and then we'll have some dedicated station time to hopefully work some pileups so we need people to get on and and call w8y so that they have pileups to practice with so we'll have some dedicated time um on monday on tuesday we're going to start off with d star from uh will um Jordan from ICOM and APRS from uh, Audrey uh, McElroy, KM4BUN, and her family um, is actually going to be in charge of our high altitude balloon launch. So we're going to do a high altitude balloon launch and then we're going to send the adult chasers out because the liability is too great to send all the campers out. So they're going to go chase, but uh, Audrey is going to um, have the campers do all the tracking and all the information and they are going to guide um, all the people tracking the balloon and downloading all the data that comes from it. Um, and then we're going to go to Dave and Buster's uh, for the night, play some games, have a good meal. Um, one of the things that, that Sir Sterling and Sam uh, mentioned uh, from Youngsters on the Air is there is a lot of downtime. And that was on purpose because we want these kids to form relationships with other people so that they get to know each other. So when they start working on a project and say, hey, how do you you know, how do you do this in Linux? Well, you know, well, I know who I'm going to call if I have a Linux question. I'm going to call Russ and Bill. Uh, so, you know, uh, 
we want those relationships to develop. So we're going to go to Dave and Buster's and they're going to play video games and they're going to eat and they're going to have a good time and get to know each other. Uh, Wednesday, we go to Kings Island. Now, you know, yes, they're going to Kings Island. Yes, there's a water park. Yes, there's amusement rides. But periodically throughout the day, they're going to have some VHF FM sprints with their handhelds. And they're going to have different simplex frequencies. And they're not going to tell each other what frequency they're going to be on. And you've got, you know, 10 minutes or 15 minutes, something like that, to work as many other campers as you possibly can. Um, so, again, it's contesting skills. And then uh, um, we hope to be live on Ham Nation um, that night. So we're uh, as long as the Wi-Fi works, I think we'll we'll, we'll pull that off. Um, and then Thursday, we're back at the museum. Ruth came for LAO is going to go through satellite basics. Um, we're going to work some satellites. Uh, we've got uh, a couple of real nice setups with the 9700 and the automated ASL rotors and all that kind of stuff. But then we'll also be using arrows and handhelds. And um, so she's going to lead all the satellite stuff and, and get some satellite contacts. Then that afternoon is going to be one of the big events, and that's the uh, direction finding race. So they're going to be doing what's called fox oaring. It's a combination of fox hunt and orienteering. So they'll have a map that they have to go to a certain area of the park, but then they have to find the transmitter with that kit that they build on Monday. Um, and that's sending out just some CW on 80 meters. So, uh, they go, they write down the word that's on the transmitter on their card, and then they carry their card to the next one. And they go through five or six of those transmitters and they're timed through that. And they're going to have race numbers on and, and we're going to have fans. So if you want to come watch. Uh, 3 to 5 p.m. on June 25th, you can come to the VOA Park, and you can cheer these kids on. And we've even got signs for you to hold up, like, resistance is not futile. It's E divided by I. (laughs) Ham radio is number cosine 2 pi. I'm not saying anything. (laughs) 717933. Let's go ask exclamation mark in ASCII. Here's here's one of my favorites. Guys on 7200 cite Wikipedia. <laughs> so we've got signs, you know, there's going to be tents there. there there's going to be, you know, like I said, we got the little race bibs, the numbers that they're going to wear with the logo on them and everything. Uh, but that's going to be a, a big event. So. Um, they're going to be timed through that. And then after that, we're going to have a pizza and pool party at the hotel. And, and somehow we managed to get on ham talk live that night. I'm not sure how that happened, but, uh, wow, that's exclusive. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then Friday morning, we're going to do an antenna build K seven J O E, uh, the faculty sponsor of, uh, Indiana university's amateur radio club, uh, is going to do, uh, the antenna build. Um, and maybe an antenna contest. I'm trying to talk him into that. We'll see what happens with that. Uh, we're going to do some more satellite passes, finish things up, and then we're going to have a closing ceremony. We'll have some, uh, some closing awards and prizes and that kind of thing. And then everybody is invited to stay for field day. So 
they can go home. We're going to try to let out about three o'clock on Friday afternoon so they can get home to field day if they want, or they can stay on their own and, and stick around for field day at the voice of America museum. So that's what they're going to be doing. That does sound excellent. If I was a youth and interested in amateur radio, I would definitely want to be there. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, that's cool. Um, so I haven't received any questions to ask you, so I'm going to assume we can skip over that point. But now that we That's have because I talk too much, well, no, people can, <laughs> hopefully people can think and and listen at the same time. But you never know. Um, but anyway, I do want to thank you very much for coming on and talking about the Yoda program and getting all the information out there. And hopefully we can get some people to help support, uh, especially with that dollar matching. Uh, thanks to Steve Cam 9G for, for that and uh, all the work you guys have been doing to get the, the young, the youth on the air program here in uh, the Americas going. Uh, so before we close down and get to a couple of bits of feedback we have to go through, uh, is there anything else we didn't talk about? Sure. Can I give you some feedback? Sure. You can give me some feedback. <laughs> oh, oh, wait a minute. Okay. That, that feedback, feedback is easy enough to get rid of. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so let me let me real quick just just leave you with some bits to to kind of take away. Um first of all, youthontheair.org, go to the website. We we promote youth activities that we're not running. I mean, we we promote any youth activity that's going on and if you have one, send it to us so we can put it on there. Um but you'll find all the camp information there, video, um the the donation thing all that stuff is youthontheair.org so make sure you check that out and there's there's three ways that you can help if you want to help get this going and and keep it going and make it a success there's three things that you can do first of all we need the donations uh we've talked about that um and this is a great time to do it because of the matching fund drive so we need the donations um secondly spread the word we we need people to know about the donations and we also need campers to apply uh i think we're going to have enough but you know um we are going to have an application process uh, so you know we can make that pool of applicants even better so spread the word about it uh let people know about it and then third get on the air that week we need people to contact that week you know and yoda month in that month a hundred and twenty nine thousand contacts that's pretty were made by people 25 and under Twelve thousand of those came from the americas from north central south america twelve thousand of those so almost 10 percent but 129,000 contacts by young people um we need contacts okay we need people on the air uh, because they're not going to be able to practice their their pileup skills if we don't have pileups so we need people on the air so you know um do that um there's a thing on the website about volunteers um if you're interested in volunteering check that out but the main thing is during the week when we've got the campers because of the, all the safety and everything you know that we talked about 
um, we're going to have to have that list way in advance. Um, we've got to list everybody on our insurance in like April, uh, which means we got to have background checks, the youth protection training done, and and get you listed on that in April if you're going to be around the kids at all. Now, we can use some volunteers before and after the camp to set stuff up. Um, and, you know, presumably that would be people in the you know, Ohio, Indiana, Kentucky, tri-state region. Uh, but if you happen to be, you know, in that area or you want to travel to that area to do it on your own, um, we really have to limit um, who's there between Sunday afternoon and, and Friday. But we need help, uh, but we need it before and after the camp. So um, read the volunteer uh, thing on the website, and then uh, you can email me if you want to do that. All right, very good. And I know there'll be a special event station information on the ARRL site, and we'll, of course, announce it when it gets closer to time for the Whiskey at Yankee so that people can be online when the camp is active and help you get all those contacts that you need. So with that, I guess we should let you uh, let people know or, uh, yeah, let people know when they can listen to uh, AR Newsline and uh, Ham Talk Live. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, Amateur Radio Newsline comes out every Friday morning at arnewsline.org, or if you're in an area where there's a repeater, you can uh, tune in on your uh, local repeater. A lot of times that's at net time, um, but check that out, or you can uh, or you can go to arnewsline.org and catch that, or a podcast app. Uh, Ham Talk Live is live on Thursdays at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, um, and it's also on all the podcast outlets, so you can listen to it at hamtalklive.com or your favorite podcast app um, whenever you want, but live is uh, Thursdays at 9 p.m., and then rebroadcast Saturday nights on WTWW5085 a.m so and that's that's, that's 9 p.m that eastern time so yes 9 p.m eastern time for <laughs> thursdays and 6 30 p.m eastern time for on saturdays for wtww and uh we're on episode 198 this week i think it is so uh 200 is coming up so we've got a bunch of prizes that we're going to do and stuff and uh and have some fun and kind of take a look back at the first 200 episodes so that's coming up february 20th i think it is oh very good so tune into those programs uh, after you listen to us and <laughs> exactly uh in the meantime uh we want to say thank you once again, Neil, WB9VPG, uh, well-known advocate for lots of things and uh, podcaster in the amateur radio community uh, for coming on and talking about Yota. Well, thank you very much, Russ. Appreciate uh, the time to talk about it. And hopefully I will see you again trying to operate satellite randomly in a hotel Near parking you. lot, yes. <laughs> Maybe that will happen. Who knows? And, and Cheryl just walked in, so say hi and bye to Neil. Hi, hi Cheryl. Hi. <laughs> so I guess I'm supposed to say hi and bye. So. Yes. <laughs> well, Neil can hang around, but you have some feedback to read. So. I have feedback to read. Okay. Well, <laughs> and feedback to listen to, apparently. I've already did. So before we get to that real quick, um, 
you're welcome to stay around, Neil, if you like. Uh, but we're just going to read right. these couple of bits of feedback and sure. then wrap it up. Uh, I do want to uh, mention wrap, that. Wrap yeah, it up. We'll wrap it up wrap right it up. now. Uh, <laughs> bum As Stevie Ray Vaughan begins in the background. So, um, but I do want to mention, for those who may have noticed it, the last episode of the program was released with a considerable amount of pre-show audio, which I forgot to delete. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I, I did eventually delete it and re-upload it, so some people didn't get that. But for some people who were wondering why the show started a little weird, that's why. <laughs> uh, Ed DD5LP, who sent us feedback, is one of the people who heard the pre-show audio. <laughs> so uh, I, 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 I don't think there was anything I had bad. to apologize yeah. about, but uh, you know, it was in there. Anyway, <laughs> Uh, so there's a couple of bits of feedback we need to get to. The first one is uh, from Gene BX8AAD. We'll let Cheryl read this, but this is one that I think I mentioned before in a previous episode, but we didn't read the entire feedback, so we'll go ahead and do that now. Yeah, I think we I think we talked about it last time. So anyway, our first uh, piece of feedback is from Gene, uh, Bravo X-Ray 8 Alpha Alpha Delta. This is Russ. Thanks for the roundtable show. Sorry I couldn't stay around for more of it. Hope you and Cheryl are having a great start to your new decade. I'm still enjoying Grid Tracker with FT8, and each weekend keep adding new grids to my list. Had a contact with Denmark last Sunday, which surprised me. Doing JS8 Call 2, but it tends to be less used. Did have a real QSO in that mode yesterday with a Japan station. Wished each other a happy new year, and for each of us, it was our first QSO of the new year. 73 gene bx8 aad all right very cool and we do have one more this one's a bit long uh but we are going to read it in its entirety because it's uh addressing uh sort of um <laughs> it it wasn't i mean it wasn't meant to be <laughs> i don't know how to say this uh, we were talking about the fires in australia which everyone is talking about and we made a sort of uh, facetious comment about the <laughs> the uh, amateur radio helping right, out, community basically. stepping up in there. Right. And we we didn't mean that. We know there's people helping. But we learned a little bit in this uh, feedback because there is actually a different way they handle amateur radio operation for uh, Australia. So Ed's going to tell us about it. I assume I'm reading that yes, as you, well. Yeah, All right. That's why you're here. Oh, I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know. So our next piece is from Ed, Delta Delta 5, Lima Papa. says, I wanted to make a comment about the ham radio involvement in helping the efforts against the fires and now floods in Australia. The MCOMS group is called WISEN, which is Wireless Institute Civil Emergency Network, and it's a separate organization in each state or territory. There are no provinces in Australia. Those are in Canada. The difference is that the trained amateur radio volunteers are integrated into one or more emergency service organizations in each state. For example, Wyson in New South Wales is part of the VRA, which is the Volunteer Rescue Association, who in turn supports the RFS, which is the Rural Fire Service. In Victoria, I believe Wyson are linked to the County Fire Service via the RCC and so on. You don't get a specific overall activation as you would with ARIES. The hams have been out there helping from the start, though, with manning commercial communication centers and phone helplines, with repairing and replacing damaged commercial repeaters when possible, but otherwise installing portable amateur repeaters and then stationing licensed and trained hams in emergency operations centers or with firebase units or in evacuation centers. Considering it's been a long, long time since any disaster has caused major communication failure for emergency services, the amateur radio response has been fast and effective. 
often being the only communication into and out of some remote NSW sites. While normally not on the very front line, ham radio and other volunteer groups have been spending 70 plus hour weeks providing backup support to the firefighters. We've covered this on the AR Newsline over the last few weeks. Thankfully, things are getting better in Australia now, in that a few of the remaining fires are threatening large towns or cities, but unfortunately, this is only the start of the fire season, which runs for several months every year in Australia. By the way, I hope to meet you all again at Xenia, 73-ED-DD-5-LP, slash VK2JI, slash G8GLM. Because everybody needs three call signs. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, Ed. Thanks for the education on how things work in other countries, because we don't necessarily know how activations work all over the globe. But we knew there would be people uh, in a responsive role. But since they're not a separate group from emergency from other emergency services, you don't really see them on the front line. So and you don't really hear much about them. Right. You don't hear much about them either. So thanks again, Ed, DD5LP for that. And uh and is also associated with the ICQ podcast as well as Amateur Radio Newsline. So lots of name dropping and podcast dropping going on in this episode. <laughs> uh, I'm but, sure we can come up with a few more. Oh, we probably want. could. Probably, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, with that, I'll mention the only folks that I saw in the chat room tonight. We had Don, KB2YSI, and I think the other Don is probably in class or something tonight. Bill, of course, is off doing his play thing, getting all artsy and creative. And we also had Ted, W-A-0-E-I-R. Oh, yeah, who, Bill's picture just showed up on Facebook a few minutes ago. Uh, it's, it's in the Discord, so. Yeah. yeah. Well, but no, that, I mean, for the play. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm talking oh, about. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Oh, well, if it's for the play, we may have to widely distribute that. Well, yeah. Yeah. Apparently, his son is in the play with him as well, so, which I did not know until I read the cast list. No, I didn't either. So... But with that, we are going to call this episode done. So thanks, everybody, for listening, for tuning in. And thank you, Neil, once again, uh, for telling us all about the, the Youth on the Air program here in IAR Region 2, i.e. the Americas. <laughs> so with that, we'll go ahead and wrap it up. This has been episode number 322 of Linux in the Hamshack. I'm Russ, K5TUX. I'm Cheryl, W5MOO. And Bill would normally say, and I'm Bill, in E4RD73. But he's not here, so he didn't get to say that. <laughs> anyway, catch you next time. for listening to this episode of Linux in the Hamshack. LHS is a community-sponsored podcast. The live show is recorded every Monday night at 8pm Central Time, plus or minus QRL. Connect to the live stream at url.bcts.info stroke LHS live. Our website is located at lhspodcast.info You can support the podcast by visiting the LHS Patreon page patreon.com stroke LHS podcast or by using the contribute link on the homepage. Get in touch via social media. We have a presence on Discord, Facebook, IRC, Twitter and YouTube. Our IRC channel is hash LHS podcast on the Freeload network and the Discord invite link is url.bcts.info stroke discord. You can also drop us an email at 
info at lhspodcast.info or leave us a voicemail at 1909-LHS-SHOW. That's 1909-547-7469. Visit the online LHS merchandise store at shop.lhspodcast.info for fun and fashionable show-themed merchandise. Become an ambassador and represent LHS at a local Linux convention or hand Email ambassadors at lhspodcast.info for more information or visit the homepage for details. Until next time, remember to always heed your hedonism. Hamshack logo are released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 4.0 International License.